c'est la nuit. Pluie. Les lumières du cinéma se repètent par terre. La foule sort, se disperse. Reste deux femmes et un parapluie. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Patriotura's podcast. And today, we've got a strange, different kind of episode because uh, one of our guests is going to be the host as well. <laughs> Eloise Armory. Yeah. Or Lulu, as her poetry name is. I think it's the opposite. The host is the guest as well. Right. Or, yeah. And of course, we have Heather as well. And the reason why we're talking to both of them today is because they have a joint book launch on... The 23rd of November, uh, tw- November which is a Wednesday, um, at the Query in Brighton. And it starts at 7 p.m. And uh, we're going to do quite a cozy book launch. Mm. We're having our books sold together. Yeah, this cozy book launch. You yeah. you come up with this idea of a salt lamps. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, definitely salt lamps. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, we wanted to celebrate the launch of our book, but I think both of us wanted to create an environment that was perhaps a little bit different from what we've seen in the poetry scene in Brighton, which is something that's a, a lot more cosier, a lot more low-key, um, more like sort of like sitting around a campfire vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we experienced something similar at Lucy and Yak, I think. Um, we did, um, I think we, did we, we both did two poetry. Yeah, we did the one for Halloween. Yeah, um, together, yeah. Which was, you know, low light and fairy lights. and mm, Sitting on the floor with blankets. Yeah, um, on cushions. And, and this mic that was very close, like a radio mic. <laughs> And then we did another one that was a uh, cozy, cozy, bu- uh, no, cozy merch launch. Yeah, it was, cozy it was clothes. Pajama, <laughs> the sleep launch. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we wanted to create um, a book launch that sort of honored the more cozy aspect of poetry reading, which I feel like for two introverted people who are poets, I feel like we've, we've both sort of been very courageous in getting up on stage and doing all the sort of more traditional spoken word events but i feel like they're i don't know i was sort of craving a space that felt a lot more yeah i've said the word cozy so many times but there's no better word <laughs> yeah, something that like is maybe true to us and mm. who we are as poets and what kind of space mm-hmm. we want to carve out in yeah, our exactly. poetry yeah in yeah. our books and have that in a physical space mm-hmm. you know yeah so heather's been on the show before um, <laughs> you have you changed your poetry name that you go by? You still go by Sprigs Heather Pearson. Yeah. Sprigs of Heather, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> well, that's my sort of like online presence on mm-hmm. Instagram and my website, Sprigs of Heather. But yeah, just Heather. Um, yeah, and yeah. your and your collection, <laughs> woman of woman of nature, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this tell me tell me about this. How long has this been in the making? Because I know it wasn't out when. Well, the first poem I wrote that is in this poetry collection was probably, um, it was April 2020. So that's when it technically first started. But I only started, um, I had the idea to create a poetry book in March of this year. Um, Yeah, so two and a half years in the making, but only really half a year being like, yes, I'm going to make a poetry book mm. Mm. and we ha- when we had this conversation with you on the podcast mm. i think you were thinking about it but it was yeah. very new still yeah yeah it was i feel like um yeah i mean I, I i knew deep down in my heart that i wanted to create a poetry book but then i think i had to sort of become brave enough to actually do it 
Um, and I think it takes a certain amount of, yeah, like courage, but also an element of audacity to be like, I'm just going to publish my own poetry book because I feel like a lot of artists like hold this very heavy feeling of they need external approval to get Mm. anywhere as an artist. But I feel like... I was just like, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are going to be some people who are going to love my poetry. There's going to be some people who really dislike it. There are going to be people who are ambivalent. But me deciding to self-publish my own poetry book was an element of, like, yes, self-love and being like, I'm worthy enough to do this and I don't mm. need anyone to tell me that I am. I just need to decide for myself, I'm going to do it. And then mm. I did it. <laughs> yeah. I- do you mind if you could read one of the poems of from course. your collection just yes. to kick us off in the poetry? Oh, my goodness. I, I haven't decided which one I'm going to do. Um, I'll do a relatively short one. Uh, oh, okay, I'm going to read one called The Rainbow, which I really like. Um, it's what page, is page 49. <laughs> it's near the end. Okay, so this is called The Rainbow. I feel the sun radiate my soul. The warm glow bestows a sense of joy and ease. But just as soon as I settle into peace, a storm comes suddenly to sweep me off my feet. Rain clouds burst with tears from years gone by. I cry, but now it comes with a smile. Because I've allowed my inner child the space to feel and I've granted myself the grace to heal. So there's no shame when my emotions are changeable or unstable, because after the sun and the storm always comes the rainbow. Mm. <laughs> I have a, a question regarding the construction of your book. So it's in four seasons, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm. the four seasons, and there's like um, a kind of journey from maybe grieving to recovering from this Mm -hmm. did you write some poems for the poetry book or did you write all the poems separately and then organize them together yeah i organized them i I wrote them all separately and then i organized them together um i think there was only one poem like when i was organizing everything i had 15 poems Mm -hmm. and obviously i wanted to have four poems for each season so there was one poem left over um and I didn't write a, po- a poem specifically to fit in that space, but I had an awareness of there being one poem left to write. So when I was doing some poetry writing, I had that in the back of my mind, um, and I wrote that. It's actually the last one, which is which is which are song lyrics. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's the one you wrote when you already put your collection together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So it ends in autumn. Yeah. Yeah, and starts yeah, that's in quite, winter. Yeah, that's an interesting. <coughs> take on the seasons because usually spring is first right yeah so why did you want to start like this well i feel like because my poetry book um it's 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 basically a way of me creating a storyline of my recovery journey um and it made sense to start in winter which is the darkest time basically a journey from darkness into healing so it made sense to start in winter um and I also wanted to end with autumn because autumn is my favorite season (laughs) and I feel like autumn 
there's something glorious about autumn mm. um, and I don't like summer <laughs> so I don't want to end with summer like, I think it's also too cliche it's like oh yeah summer there's so much going on it's yeah. so sunny like for me mm. summer is like the poems that I picked for summer are not about joy they're about the sense of feeling stifled and overheated which is what I feel about mm. summer and then when autumn comes it's a sort of relief and there's a release and there's everything's golden and vibrant and mm. yeah I think there's that general cultural image as well that autumn is the season of poets. Mm. I think because everything's dying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I know in in French literature we were talking a lot about autumn being the season of poets and there's mm. a lot of poetry inspired by autumn because it's like this self-reflection time. Mm. Um I don't know if it's true to English literature. I would I would think it would pass over, yeah. but yeah. Mm, that's an interesting take. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't agree. <laughs> no, I, no, you make a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something kind of settling about autumn. There's something kind of relaxing about mm. autumn, right? Mm. Um, Is there a season that defines your poetry more? I feel so, because I feel like all the poems that I picked for autumn were the most hopeful poems and the most poems that was sort of more centred in wisdom and very earnest but still quite um, serene mm-hmm. and they're, they're dedicated to healing whereas some of the other poems um, they may be the, the, there may be an element of like emotional immaturity or that I'm like expressing um, but all the poems in autumn they're all very like they they come from the wisest place within me, I think. Mm. Mm. It, so so your writing process of them, were you jumping back and forth between the seasons or like you didn't write all the summer parts in summer, you didn't write all the no, autumn No, it, it, it really wasn't like that at all. It was really just me sort of conceptualising each season and the journey and then kind of looking to my poems and mm. like... Picking the best ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did that put closure to your grief process? Or? Definitely. Because it feels like all the poems that I wrote in winter, like giving them a home and being like that this was this stage of my life, it feels like I can sort of close that now and yeah. move on. Mm. So it's, it's grief um, over a period of your life, like we talked about in a previous episode. Yeah, yeah, I yeah f- you I have to listen to the other podcast <laughs> to know more about this. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, because I feel like when any sort of experience happens that you have to heal from like it's it's not just located in that experience it reminds you of things that happened in the past Mm. so it may have been triggered by a certain event um or a certain time in my life but i feel like the healing that i did that's present in these poems was healing Mm. yeah i think something that i liked of self-publishing and self-publishing together is like taking ownership of your own poems and and your own story and Mm -hmm. your journey with poetry because I felt like putting this collection together specifically allowed me to grow in my poetry and feel like, okay, I wrote extensively about this subject. This mm-hmm. is the story that I want to put for this um, subject. And now I can move on. Mm-hmm. Exactly, I'm not yeah. stuck with all this, these similar poems. Mm. And I can take inspiration with other things. And it's like, in a way publishing can be for you as well not just for other people to read your poetry (laughs) Mm. and when you're i feel like when you are bound by publishers to publish your poems you are waiting for them to publish it it can take years Mm -hmm. because you have your your submission pamphlet and you're 
putting it across, but maybe your poetry has evolved since then. Exactly. You know, yeah. whereas when we do it ourselves, it's a much faster process mm. and closer to what we are living mm. right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm not, I'm not criticizing publishers, not at all. But I just feel like that's the process that sounds true to me. Like I yeah. quite like it. You, you've given a um, review on the back, Heloise. Lulu. Yeah. <laughs> Heather's poems are to be read in a circle by a campfire or around candles at night. Each carefully chosen word makes the images of pagan archetypes fly out of the page to come alive as an enchanted forest that says, You can rest, I got your back. You can dream, life is full of magic. That's from you, Lulu. Yeah, I went kind of creative wow. there. So beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? Can you? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we, we put a review on each other's book. It's a very corrupt process. Corrupt. <laughs> I don't think so. What do you you do you do like her poetry, right? No, I know. <laughs> 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 it would be corrupt if she paid you to, to do sure. it. Sure. <laughs> um, can take that off. <laughs> so this is interesting. So it says um, images of pagan archetypes. So could you could you tell us a little bit about pagan yeah. archetypes in your work? Yeah. Well, mm. I feel like there's one poem where it stands out the most which is called maiden mother crone Mm. um and the maiden mother crone is well it's an idea that crosses many mythologies and cultures but in paganism the maiden mother crone yeah is a is an identification of the goddess or like the, the divinity within womanhood um and that that's actually the first poem i wrote out of all all of these and that sort of sparked not only my poetry journey, but my identification with these archetypes. Um, and yeah, like hen- the name Woman of Nature um, is, it's, well, I don't know how to describe it. Um, yeah, I feel like what helped me, one of the elements that helped me throughout my recovery was identifying with certain archetypes. Because um, I feel like when I was reflecting on myself I realized there were certain parts of me that were were within conflict um there was a sort of expectation that I had to be this certain type of person especially growing up as a girl and now a woman like you have this sort of indoctrination by society that you have to be like a good girl or you have to be this but not that um but then identifying with archetypes especially um you know Carl Jung's theory of the archetypes is mm. that we have many elements of our psyche and we have many different expressions of ourselves. Um, so you c- you know you can be a maiden, which is very like playful and happy-go-lucky, but you can also be more of a mother. Doesn't necessarily mean having children, but maybe being a bit more focused on external responsibilities and being more grounded. Or we could be a crone, which is she's quite wise. She's quite introverted. She's she can be quite um, like cynical. Um, and like you can encompass all of these things, and they're not, they don't have to be in contrast with one another. Um, yeah, and I've, I'm inspired by nature and witchcraft um, and mythology. So there's other poems in here, for example, The Wing Woman, that also talks a lot more about the crone archetype, um, being one of the wisest archetypes. That, that helped me identify with the wisdom within me, like the sort of wisdom that I needed to to heal. Um, there's also Bone Woman, which is also related to the crone archetype, this woman who sort of collects the bones of the dead and transforms them into something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, there is some dark imagery in this collection as well. Yeah, in winter. Yeah. <laughs> in winter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
there is, yeah. Um, could you read us another, maybe one of the darker poems in that regard? Yeah, yeah. well, I'll actually read you. I'll do Bone Woman because I just mentioned that. Yeah. So this is in winter. So it's page 14. Okay. Bone Woman. You died that night, sweet and innocent child, so I, the crone, returned to gather your bones. You'd left your body and flown out to escape harm. You were always a smart one and were always good at hiding. I sought you out months later. I sensed you'd be there, that charming room, the only one you didn't face abuse. I brought your childhood toy, puppy, sweet and innocent like you, but a puppet with glass eyes. He did the trick anyway, and you came out to play. Spirit dancing in the forest once again, magical wonderland. You'd been playing at fairy tales this whole time, your whole life. But it was time to close that book for good. You were still daydreaming, even though you were dead. Old habits die hard, it's been said. I found your bones by the bed, and I, the crone, the witch, the wise one, dropped them into a pot, and with a click of finger and thumb, alchemized, reborn. My limbs became your limbs, and we were one once again. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. We still like the whimsy of a fairy tale, of course, but now we prefer the truth. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> a horror film imagery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, in a good way. I like horror films. It's very different <laughs> from Rainbow, isn't it? Which is yeah. more like, oh, yay. And this yeah. one's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the forest is a big part of your poetry, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 I like how you mentioned death a lot, and it seems quite natural. Mm. And it's it's also metaf metaphorical death. Mm -hmm. It's not mm. just um, the way we perceive death in society, and it can be quite tabo taboo. It's exactly. quite a taboo subject. It's you really take ownership of it. It's like yeah. creative destruction. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like Rebirth. I, exactly. Mm. Like, I mean, all the poems that I picked for this. I mean, the majority of the poems that I wrote at that time in my life practically all of them had nature in in some way or form mm. um not all of them but i specifically picked every poem that had some element of nature in whether it be talking about forest or a rainbow or um, rain or a anything mm. um and what was what was the oh and death yeah i mean also one of the reasons why i picked the seasons is because the seasons is a cycle of life and death and yeah, talking about death as a natural process of things, not only with humans, but with the seasons and with our relationship to things, you know, like we might go through a process of, I don't know, acting in a certain way or having a certain behaviour and then go through a death process where we let that go and allow something else to be reborn. Yeah, I'm fascinated by it and I feel like it's really important to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I'm I'm struck by your mentioning of rainbows. You know, they 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 usually in society they're seen as like such a kind of cartoonish, playful Garish. thing. Like, yeah. what does it, what does a rainbow mean to you? What does a rainbow symbolize? What does oh. it mean in your work? I mean, like as someone who like lives in Brighton, um, <laughs> like right, like it. You know, it does remind me of the queer community, which is right. Lovely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Pride. Um, and but also it reminds me of um, like hope and joy and sort of like a. 
yeah, an unbridled sense of joy because it, it's so... It's like bursting. Yeah, unapologetically <laughs> oh. vibrant, full mm. of colours. Like, there's no sense of like, well, I have to just be red. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, I can be all the colours. You know what I mean? And it, it's really... Um, and like the poem, um, Rainbow, how it ends, like after the sun and the storm always comes the rainbow. There's also that metaphorical aspect of the rainbows only come out after rain, mm. um, but it needs to have the sun there first. So it's it in, for me, yeah, it just encompasses the whole spectrum of feeling yeah. and emotion, and not sort of prioritizing the sun over the rain, but having them both as necessary. Um, mm. Yeah, it's great. And um, moving on to your yes. <laughs> collection, Lulu. Hello. Your poetry name's Lulu, right? Okay, <laughs> so what's the name of your book? Pinkgu. Pingu? <laughs> Not Pingu like the penguin, although I found a lot of crossovers. But it's Pinkgu like the color pink, and then pink. Goo like the one you <laughs> eat, like the jelly. Goo like goo. Yeah. yeah. And I love this collection. Yeah, I love the, this. the design yeah, so uh, was made by Sophia, who's an illustrator, and I really love it. It, look, it looks so beautiful, and every time I see it, it makes me happy. Mm. And Heather, you've written a uh, slight uh, review on the back. Yeah. What, what What's the technical phrase for that? It's like a blurb. It's. Uh, you mean a, a review or on the yeah, back? Yeah, just this part here. It's like a. The blurb. The blurb, I right? Think? So you've written pink. Pink goo is a refreshing, candid, and comforting journey towards hope. Reading her poems feels like watching clouds of grey part to reveal the sun that has been there all along wow it's creating what a nice a image little yeah. link now with the rainbow yeah <laughs> <laughs> what a transition yeah yeah cool and so talk to me a little bit about this eloise how how long has this been in the making how long has it taken you to put this collection together um yeah i got i got the cover before i got the collection um because i did a trade with sophia and um i had the idea of this book and i knew it would be called pink goo and so they made the book cover and then over the summer i think when when with heather we said it would be nice to do poetry book together or publish them together i kind of sat down and uh got all my the poems that i liked uh, to put them together and I tried to make a story um, which would kind of reflect where what place I was writing from and it has evolved from that to becoming a kind of mental health journey yeah and um you've you've picked a poem to read from it today you, you're spoiled for choice of course <laughs> no I haven't picked anything you haven't picked anything um, can I have the book oh, of course <laughs> um yeah what what well, it's it's also from darkness to hope in some kind of way. So, what do we want to go for? Yeah, because you, you haven't written a you haven't read a poem on the yeah, show for a while. In a while, yeah. yeah. Do you want me to pick one? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the process. <is. laughs> um, I really like uh, two years later. Yeah. So this one is about COVID, and how long it feels and um, like trying to keep hope but finding it really hard and all the it's it's like um a kind of message on so like what society is like during can i have it yeah, yeah during the during covid like 
the inequalities of it, etc. Two years later, the same fear of a year cancelled, yet time goes on. We wake up every morning a little more tired. Two years later, we are exhausted. We never see the light at the end of the tunnel. Two years later, key workers and students in hospitals, schools, bars, restaurants, music venues, theatres and cinemas. We are all crawling on a burning ground, moreover. Two years later, Amazon, Netflix, Spotify and Delivery are flying, spitting the carbon dioxide in our mouths. We swallow it like cum, looking for the last bits of art to chew from looking for the sweet taste in the blow of a cigarette smoke. Help me, looking at the clouds, shapes of dinosaurs and ice creams, smelling the freshly cut grass, sunshine on my face, tasting like chlorine in a dress showing my panties, like I did without knowing what life would be like two years later. So that's great. A lot of gritty references, isn't there? Yeah, it's a lot quite of raw. <laughs> shocking. There's, there's a bit of like shock factor in in the poem, right? Yeah, I think I think my poetry is <clears throat> quite raw in general. Like, it, mm-hmm. I'm not shying away from darkness in it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about um, How do you feel about that poem now? Like, when was two years later? I still like it. You know, it's like some poems you think you moved away from them and, and you're kind of cringing when you read them, but this one is still... Mm. I've edited it a little bit for the book and I quite like it like this. It's So it's from 2020 and then writing it in 2022, but like at the start of it in February 2022 when... Um, so I, I think it was on the way to work and I was overwhelmed with my studies and doing so many things and I was burning out and I was going to work on a Saturday evening. And I was like, "What? Are, what? What's going on? <laughs> what is this life?" Um, and then a couple of weeks later, I decided to quit my job for my mental health, and um, I kind of struggled financially. So it's like, what decision you make, uh, there's always a setback. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this shows that I think the the hardness of innocence from before the pandemic to like the dissolution and and the hardness of it after mm-hmm. but also it's about growing up from being a child to an adult and taking responsibilities and because like the end is about being innocent and not caring about um like i'm wearing a dress and you show my panties i'm looking at the clouds it's quite a childish image and i'm kind of longing for that mm. yeah like you say it's a kind of lost innocence mm-hmm. yeah so it has some relevance beyond COVID in your mind? Yeah, about growing definitely. Up, it's maybe? about, well, because it's like taking financial ownership and feeling like you can't always fall back on your parents. Um, so th- there's, I think, a meaning on multiple levels for everyone. And it's at the start of the book where I'm kind of showing all the problems that I'm going through. And then at the end, I do manage to find this hope and these clouds and the shapes and dinosaurs and ice creams. Like I do manage to find that still in the harness of, of life, which is not innocent, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have a particular choice of another poem of yours you'd like to? 
Yeah, maybe the last one. I find it really sweet. If we can go for to like the conclusion of the book, or it's like two rabbits. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and this this ties to like the coziness of my poetry when I'm when the um, what we want to do for the book launch, and I think the kind of space that I want I would like to create for to express my poetry, which is not as outgoing and funny. It's it's quite cozy, you know. It's, it's dark or cozy. It's like these two. So this one's called Like Two Rabbits and it's about falling asleep. We stay up, lay in the night, cosy in bed, wrapped up in warm sheets, you reading me saying silly things, in love like two rabbits in a mud hole. I kiss your arm and you my forehead on my leg. A tiny little rabbit, all black on black sheets. Nature made him so dark so that any picture would look terrible. So I put my phone down. Look at his tiny face, happy like a monk. I delay the moment I will fall asleep, unconscious in the void. Dreams I cannot control waiting for me. My muscles relaxing, one by one. The warmth of my body, the beast shaking in his own dreams. I have hours of rest below me. I don't want to stumble in it. I want to dance around, delay, 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 until, like an act, I bow to conclude the day, rested before I rest. Wow. So this sounds like a love poem to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's and Nelson, which is our cat. <laughs> and to you the, as well. The, the beast is the cat, but it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about the moment, you know, of of like meditation in our routine of being in bed and falling asleep and how precious it is to me and where that's the place where I find peace, you know, and that happens every night and it's very mundane. Like we're all in bed, everyone's in bed falling asleep, you know, but what do you make of it? Mm. And um yeah, the little rabbit is a cat. Mm. Yeah, a love letter. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so t talk to me a little bit about this uh, launch you're doing then. So you two decided to do a joint book launch, joint event and everything. What made you two decide to band together to, you know, be a team on this? Well, I can't, I can't remember how it came up in conversation, but I remember we were messaging... Um, Maybe maybe you'd ask me if you wanted if I was if I wanted to like read your poetry collection to like, review it or like um to proofread it I think mm -hmm. and then I was like oh well actually I'm I'm thinking of doing a poetry book too mm. um and then I think you were like yeah let's do it together mm. and I think it just happened very quick and I was like yeah and I feel like the reason why I feel like it's it's helped me stop procrastinating it because I feel like. If, if we hadn't decided to do it together, I might have been like waiting for ages because I feel like it's, for me, I mean, I feel like for a lot of people too, it can be quite daunting just to be like, okay, I'm doing this. Um, but having someone by your side who's doing the same thing and you're doing it together, like a collaboration, feels a lot safer and it feels like you have support. Um, mm. It's yeah. funny because I think what I said before is I thought we were talking about doing it together and that, that got me to do the book at all, but... 
I don't know what history is like. I don't want, know what happened in what order, but definitely motivated us. Mm. I think it was more like a courage, like going to places together and sell it together as well, because it yeah. it can be quite hard. Like just buy my book, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. And uh, just when you're alone, and it makes that whole process much easier. Mm-hmm. And then so we published on the same website as well. Like then yeah. we printed on the same website. We helped each other with the design, and that made it much easier because we were helping each other out, sorting some problems together, and that cut the workload, I find. Mm. Um, but your question was about the book launch, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was um, about just about all of it. Uh. Just loving the designs on the front as well. Like, you know, I really love Eloise's, but I really love yours as well. you got like an art deco. kind of. <laughs> you got like an art deco style on that, right? Yeah. yeah. And the reason I bring that up is because you're selling them together, you, you've um, done like a weird thing yeah, you, so where you're selling them together. So for the book launch, <laughs> if you get a ticket, you get both the books. And we okay. wanted to do something quite affordable, mm-hmm. but also something that promotes both of us and not just uh, yeah. like w- where we where one more people would come for one poet and then get more books. So if you come for one poet, you get the other yeah. <laughs> as well. Yeah. We come together how, as packages. How much are you selling them for? Uh, it's like £10 for the ticket. So it's £5 each book. Okay, so y- yeah. you can get them in the longer term. You can you can buy them as well from oh like yeah. So we go to website or? Uh, yeah, we're selling them a couple of places in Brighton mm. to be confirmed still. Yeah, the everything c- is still sort of to be confirmed at the moment. We'll definitely, we'll hopefully be selling them at the query. Yeah. Um, and then I don't want to say other places just yet, just in case. But we we've got other few places in mind, and um, I know that I'm not sure about you, Lulu, but I'm thinking of selling mine online too, um, yeah. um, and like posting it to people. Yeah, so I think the easiest is just to get in contact with us in on Instagram or email mm. and mm. send us a message, and then mm. tell us your address, and we just send it. It would be the fastest mm-hmm. and easiest way. Uh, it's a uh, mine is on a pay as you fill basis, so you just put as much money as as little money as you feel comfortable mm. i think yours too or have you decided i'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> wait until we um do the book launch because i'm yeah. still in two minds yet. yeah i think um, that's a hard process because if, yeah. if you go to publishers then they kind of decide everything for you mm. you don't really have a set on the price and mm-hmm. um i've seen books that were sold for 10 pounds like quite small books and bigger books that were small for sold for five pounds so it's hard to kind of know where to go into that and mm. I felt like for me the most comfortable was just um do pay as you feel because people would pay more than what you think yeah and people would pay less and then that kind of counterbalances I exactly I find mm. yeah do you have any advice both of you for people who are looking to publish th- their own collections mm. you know what you've learned from the journey of Aww. putting it together yeah well I think doing small is better than not doing it at all and yeah. for example, for ours, we don't have an ISBN yet because we ISBN allows you to publish in bookshops, etc. Because I think we wanted to do more of a community thing first yeah. and just do on a word of mouth basis and then see where that goes. Mm. And I quite like this small steps rather than massive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you have to send it to all these publishers and then maybe if you're lucky, you get published, you know, it's like feels quite out of your control. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone says that. <laughs> I, I know, right? But I would agree. Just just do it. And if you're going to do it, like you've 
you have to really sort of assess why you're doing it and where that desire is coming from. I feel like if you're doing it to sort of as a way to get somewhere, then you're, you're, you've got to do it for your own joy mm. um, and you've got to define your own version of what it means to be successful. Um, for me, like, it, I'm not thinking about how many people buy the book or how much money I make from it. Um, I'm just doing it because it was a joy to make it and I feel very... Yeah, proud of myself and very happy to have worked with Lulu. And mm. I feel very excited that we're doing it together. Like I'm focusing on what mm. what it feels like to do something and not the end result. Yeah, that would be my advice. Focus mm. on the process and mm. not the end result. So there's not going to be a Kindle version available? Could be an ebook. I think ebook. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but maybe not Kindle if we're not doing Amazon. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. We'll see. Um, <laughs> That's all the time we got for today's episode. Yeah, uh, it's been really nice to hear from both of you. Uh, yeah, it was and nice chatting. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to the, the book launch. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing what you guys do in the future. Thank you for listening to Poetry to Your Ears. This podcast is published as a newsletter on Substack. All of our content is published for free. But if you would like to support our work, you can become a paid subscriber. This will help us afford transcripts for the deaf and hard of hearing community and anyone who would benefit from reading the podcast alongside hearing it. You can also support us for free by rating the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Share the show with your friends, fellow poets and poetry lovers. If you want to interact with us, you can follow us on at poetry to your ears on Instagram and at poetry to number two your ears on Twitter. Or you can also write a comment on Substack. If you're American and you're listening to us, send us a message. Half of our listeners are American. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. <laughs>